Hello, 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 and welcome to the Do It For The Mems podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about assumptions of Britain. And to do so, we're using the subreddit, non-British people have read it. What are your, what about Britain is stupid slash baffles you? Um, and we are from Britain. I don't know if you can tell by our accents, but I feel like we're in a position to answer these. I don't know very much about Britain, but <laughs> no, I do, I'm joking. <laughs> Before we actually get to the Reddit, I feel like there's a few things that we need to sort out. Some very British things. So, Will, do you say scone or scone? Scone. Yes, me too. I'm very glad you say that. You said that. And what do you call a bread roll? Depends. Bread roll, barn, muffin. I just really, it really does not matter to me. Well, I exclusively. A bap. <laughs> It depends what's in it. Yeah, true, because if it's sausage, no, if it's sausage, it's sausage muffin. But if it's bacon, it's bacon butter. Yeah. There we go. Okay, so the first one on the Reddit is, what is HP sauce? I just don't understand it. I'm from New Zealand and I've never had it. Is it brown sauce? But what is it? Now the truth is, HP sauce (laughs) is brown sauce. I've got no idea what it is. I, I I was always told that the HP stands for Houses of Parliament. It's the Houses of Parliament sauce. But I don't know how true that is, because it also has a picture of the Houses of Parliament on it. But I feel like I've been lied to. Um, it is brown sauce, I think. I've never had it. I think I've had it once. I don't like it. I'm it pretty sure sauce, it's... But I don't know what brown sauce is. Isn't it Worcester sauce? No, because Worcester sauce is like soy sauce. It's like an ingredient. You can also get... I think Worcester sauce is in brown sauce. The answer is we don't know. (laughs) We don't know what it is. (laughs) Yeah, it is called the House... It was named after the Houses of Parliament. And its main ingredients are tomato and tamarind extract. And it's been around since the 1870s. Oh, well, there you go then. But I mean, I don't know what... I, the sauces probably have been around longer because HP sauce tends to refer to the Heinz brand of HP sauce. Wait, HP sauce is Heinz? Yeah. Wow, okay, I didn't know that. I think. I'm probably wrong. I mean, yeah, I think usually I'm wrong. No, it makes sense. No, it's not Heinz. No. <laughs> I just assume everything's Heinz. They do make everything. <laughs> if it's a sauce, it's Heinz. Um, the next one is Chavs. How did that happen? Classism. Yes. Um, and I also think different places in Britain have different level of chab. Yes. Because, um, like, when I think of Chab, I think of, I don't know, maybe like a roadman. That sort of style, I think of. <laughs> I think of tracksuit, hair scraped back into a ponytail. True. Messy buns. That's yeah. Cool. 
but that's kind of a very sort of late 90s early 2000s chav i don't really know what chavs look like now but um that again is supposed to be an acronym for something is it yeah um but uh yeah i hope i've never been a chav no um in the 2010 book Stab Proof Scarecrows by Lance Manley, it was surmised that Chav was an abbreviation for Council House and Violent. Oh my lord, that's <laughs> what it mean now to calling people a Chav. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Yeah, it's um I think it had its origins in classism, but I don't know necessarily that it, it, I mean, it, it does, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, the next one is, I don't really understand because I don't have this. Front doors that lock automatically when closed. Do locksmiths make a killing in England or what? Um, I know, I know what it means. Um, you do have one, your door just doesn't work properly. Um, <laughs> you know that metal box on your front door? Yeah. That's what that it is. It does lock automatically. So if you put it on the latch, it yeah, won't it, lock. But if... My door just doesn't it, shut properly. Yeah. So you do have one, it just doesn't work. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, they do lock automatically. I um, mean, it makes sense. If you yeah. have a choice locks automatically and one that doesn't i'd always go for locks automatically because i'm so bad for remembering to lock my door like i live in university hall and i pretty much sleep with my door open not even not locked like open because i just get in bed and forget to shut it that's the good job you've got nice flatmates <laughs> like uh, security and people that work in accommodation have keys to the door so like anyone could come in really well i hope they don't i mean they don't <laughs> But it would be, I'd just always forget. But yeah, we we do have automatic locks on doors. It's, I don't think it's so much anymore because we got a new door recently and ours doesn't have an automatic lock on it. Yeah. But our old door did. I think because we, houses used to have, and a lot of the time still do, had wooden doors as front doors yeah but now I mean, it tends to be pvc yeah my door is a wooden door yeah because our old one was but our new one's pvc ah. is that right it's plastic yeah, yeah yeah i think you're right very interesting who knew um so the next one is i'm british but there's something that completely baffles me about Britain and I find it completely absurd. Why do we have Black Friday? When did that come over here? We like to copy America a lot, to be honest. Um, I don't think it's that we like to copy America because I think a lot of it comes down to capitalism because I mean, Britain's not immune to capitalism. We don't have capitalism to the same extent that America does because our country's, like, our society is much older. Um, you know, America as America, not 
the land but the country um is only about 200 years old and it basically grew up with capitalism capitalism is deep rooted into the society whereas it's not so much here because until the industrial revolution a lot of industry was cottage industries so people in their homes doing things um so we have black friday and kind of you know like how halloween now is a massive commercial thing um because of american companies coming here and bringing things over and also american media um i think that's the reason i might be wrong um let me google it it is mad though i remember one year there was like queues outside of asda asda the budget supermarket and i was like what the hell is going on and people like running around with tvs hitting people with tvs i was like bummy now your TV, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I just Googled it. Um, Black Friday here as well isn't the same in America because you see the cities of, of Americans on Black Friday and it is insane. Oh. Like, it's not really an uncivilized thing. And a lot of it happens online now. And it happens, it's not just on Black Friday. It's Black Friday, that weekend, and then Cyber Monday. Yeah, it's sort of extended. So it's not really a big rush anymore to go get things. But um, I've just Googled why the UK has Black Friday. And it's the most British thing I've ever read. In the United Kingdom, the term Black Friday originated within the police and NHS to refer to the Friday before Christmas. It is the day when emergency services activate contingency plans to cope with the increase in workload due to many people going out drinking. (laughs) Basically, it's when everyone's getting drunk for Christmas. Is that not Mad Friday? Well, this is Black Friday, wow. but and Black Friday and Black Friday are the same thing. Maybe. No, Black know. Friday is the first Friday in December, I think, and Mad Friday is the last Friday before Christmas. Uh... I think because when I worked in a pub, it made me work Black Friday and Mad Friday. I think it must be com- the Google must be confused. Um... Oh no. So it was, so Black Friday is, a, I think, what we now call Mad Friday. They probably changed it because of um, Black Friday. But Black Fr- Friday, the shopping thing, was introduced by Amazon in, in 2010. Um, because <laughs> they did online offers in 2010. But it wasn't until 2013 when Asda started doing it, because Asda's owned by an American company as well. Well, it's not anymore, is it? Is it Some not? Some guys from Bradford bought it a couple of months ago. Oh, well, it was owned by Walmart. I don't think it's not owned by Walmart anymore. No. Um, and that's when it started to take off. I don't know. I remember... Um, a few years ago, probably like 2016 or something, it was 
mad and I was seeing queues everywhere and then it was like the year before last year because last year nothing was open and it was so dead and there'd be videos of like um shops lifting up their their things or whatever and no one we expected people to run in and there was just no one there it's it's because online shopping is so easy yeah like shopping in person is just a nightmare yeah i don't think i've ever been out on black friday no i've worked it but i don't think i've ever shopped no but our black friday goes on for like a week literally like black friday deals still on and you're like bloody hell but i mean i don't know about america but every shop has a sale on basically year round here literally dfs dfs is a sofa shop for people who don't know in the uk i don't know if it's anywhere else and it genuinely has a sale on year round i don't know how you can call it a sale when the sale is permanent yeah (laughs) um it's like wish do you ever see adverts for wish and it's like oh was this much now this much well it was never that much in the first place it's always been the the lower price you just want to sell it well that's that no what they're saying with that is because a lot of wish products are based on their knockoffs of real products so that was price is the price of the real product and their price is the price of the one that's made of paper (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, yeah. So basically, Black Friday, we don't know. We yeah, sort of know. We just don't take part. We we don't take part. It's not. I don't think it's that big here, really. No, I don't think so. The next one I find quite funny. Um, it says I'm American, and I just don't understand the verbal downplaying of reality. For example, there's a story during the war of when three soldiers were in a trench with whole enemy division advancing towards them and they said on the radio, we're in a bit of a pickle. And this caused these soldiers to die because they downplayed the trouble they were in. It's 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 very much to do with um, the trickle down of high society culture in the UK. Yeah, I think your answers to all of these are so intellectual. They're all they're all probably wrong. There's probably people listening being like, "What is he on about?" But in my, I think it has it has everything to do with that over exaggeration and being overly emotional in um, Britain in the past and today was very common and very taboo yeah. and very below oneself um so i think that has a lot to do with it because we we as a nation don't really like bringing attention to ourselves because attention seeking is seen as um uh being without class yeah and a lot of British society is based on class and classism. Yeah. Well, all of it, pretty much. 
And like now, I would say it's just sort of habit. It's just sort of the language that people use. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, for the most part, I don't think that's a bad thing. But obviously that story that person was talking about wasn't great. <laughs> um, and I would like to think that um, if that was me, I would use different language to have it a bit of a pickle. I wouldn't. I know for a fact I wouldn't because I've been in situations where I've played down things massively. To be fair, yeah, it's like like when someone's like, um, oh, um, how are you? And you just don't want to burden them. So you're like, yeah, yeah, everything's fantastic, actually. But no, you just go, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. That's Okay, the next one, also from America. Hot day? I know what time it is. Time for a boiling hot cup of tea. I don't get it. It's an institution. But first of all, (laughs) first of all, I'd like to say, what hot day? I mean, today is quite warm. I'm quite warm right now. But because of global warming, British summers can be horrendous now. I mean, not compared to other places, but for us who are not used to it. It's not great. Um, I mean, oh... I went for a walk a couple of weeks ago and it was boiling, then it poured down, then it snowed and then it was boiling again and then it was like a snowstorm. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) It was horrible. But yeah, warm days, cup of tea. A cup of tea is just year round, to be honest. Did you actually know? A cup of tea, it cools you down. You're supposed to drink hot drinks if you're overheating because it makes your body be like, oh, something hot is in me. It makes you sweat, which cools you down. Mm. Like, but also, sometimes you just need a cup of tea. Like, if I've had a bad day, whether it's hot or cold, I want a cup of tea, you know what I mean? I do like a cup of tea, but I don't, I have to be honest, I don't tend to have them that often. I don't remember the last time I had a cup of tea. Did you used to have cups of tea more? I used to have a cup of tea at least twice a day. (laughs) What happened? Bring back the tea. What happened was I just, my mum used to make me one in the morning for when I woke up. Um, And then I'd have one when I got home. But now I just can't be bothered. And also I don't wake up at the same time every day and I don't have anywhere to be on some days so yeah fair enough and also I'm 21 so I don't really expect my mum to make me cups of tea in the morning (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was at home so that my mum could make me a cup of tea in the morning because I love a cup of tea I if I'm doing a day of work like um not lectures just sitting doing my own work I will drink probably about six or seven cups of tea a day. Oh, when I was in uni, well, I'm still in uni, but when I lived on campus, I had a kettle in my room, which you weren't supposed to have, it was against the rules, but I had it anyway. And I went through tea at a rate that is just inhuman because (laughs) I had like, I just, I'd finish a cup of tea and then I'd go, I just, I'd go, what's another one? Oh, if I'm at my grand's house, I have a new cup of tea before I finish my other cup of tea. 
and I'm like drowning in tea. It's also, I just want to point out, tradition in the UK to make a cup of tea and then leave it to go cold because you've forgotten about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my friend regularly says, she goes, well, I've been at her house because there's always a half drunk cup of tea. Because I can't drink tea unless it's hot. So I'll drink some. But then because there's less in the cup, it goes cold quicker. And then you forget about it and you can't drink it because it's cold. No, I'm, I prefer tea when it's warm, not when it's hot. When it's yeah. cold, it's not very nice. When um, it's cold, it's disgusting. I can't stomach it. <laughs> yeah, it's not nice. Um, the real question is, though, what, what tea do you drink? Like, if you were a cup of tea, what brand of tea are you getting? It has to be PG Tips. No, it doesn't. PG tips or Yorkshire tea? Yorkshire tea. I love or that. in a pinch, Tetley. Mm, I don't, you know, my least favourite, Thai food tea. Mm. I cannot stand it. Mm. To be honest, I, I, I don't care too much, but I prefer PG tips. Nah, Yorkshire tea is my favourite. But then, as well, you know what's pretty good? Like, supermarket-owned tea. I don't I think I've ever had it. I could, I mean, if you've ever had a cup of tea at my house, you have. But, oh, um, then I have. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I quite like it, you know. I think it tastes similar to Yorkshire tea. I don't really think there's much difference. This could be a controversial statement. I don't personally think there's much difference in the taste between different tea bags. To be fair, mostly I agree. But when it comes to like Thai food tea, nah, I can't. How, how do you have your tea? Now, it's recently been fluctuating a bit. I used to always be, you know, tea bag, two sugars, water. Two sugars? <laughs> Wow. I don't need it. No wonder you wanted it when it was hot. <laughs> it couldn't taste how sweet it was. This isn't a big mug, like not just like a china cup. This is a big mug. Yeah. If it was a china cup, it'd be one sugar. But recently, I've been quite liking some honey and then just black, so no milk, or honey with milk, or my same two sugars, milk and water. I tend to have no sugar and just a tiny bit of milk. Oh yeah, when I have milk it's like a splash. Yeah, I like my tea really strong. Yeah, I used to ask my younger brother to make me a cup of tea a lot. I won't do it anymore. It gives me flavoured milk and I can't hack it. Like there's so much milk in it that my cup of tea is white. That's horrible. Yeah, it's gross. So uh, he he's lost his tea making privileges. Do you know what I don't understand? Those people who will put the tea bag in and then just go off and do something. Like, why don't you just like it's to steep the tea to make it stronger? But just use a spoon. Yeah. Stir it. <laughs> and like you sort of like press it against the side of the mug. Yeah. Because when I make a cup of tea, I make a cup of tea because I want one now, not because I want one in half an hour. Yeah, I'm not just <laughs> So me and my dad once did this experiment. 
don't know why because he read somewhere that it takes five minutes for all of like the caffeine and stuff to get out of the tea bag i have decaf so no well apparently (laughs) apparently it makes the tea taste nicer if you steep it for five minutes so me and my dad sat in the kitchen and had a timer on for five minutes with the cup of tea i sipped it and i was like it tastes the same surely it was cold as well well, i suppose not after five minutes my my dad has a solution to this though and i think it's weird is that he has loose tea and not as in like he has loose tea and strains it in as in he just puts a spoonful of loose tea in the bottom of his mug it's it's not coffee granules it will not dissolve (laughs) he knows it doesn't dissolve it just likes it i mean i suppose like not everyone strains it because i mean that's that's where like you know tea leaf reading yeah but like in harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban they clearly didn't strain that tea yeah but there weren't that much in the bottom there was enough to make the shape of a dog (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point well they're not having that tea to enjoy the tea well they'd have had to drink the tea first (laughs) But yes, tea on hot days, it just makes sense. Tea on any day. Tea on any day makes sense. I really want a cup of tea tea. now. (laughs) Yeah, that was Ryder Will's TED Talk on tea. Um, tea. So another one, I'm from the United States. Oh, typical. I'm so confused about where we live. why is it called TK Maxx in Britain, but TJ Maxx in the United States? I mean, TJ Maxx just makes more sense. I've seen both. They're the exact same store. Why? It, it is the same shop. I don't I don't think TJ Maxx makes more sense. I think TK Maxx sounds better. Rose off the corner. Um, oh, it's because of TJ Hughes. We have a shop called TJ Hughes. And they turned it, TJ Maxx was founded in Massachusetts in 1976. And when it came over here so that there was no confusion between TJ Maxx and TJ Hughes, it became TK Maxx. That's Um, the the answer, apparently. Um, And apparently it's called TK Maxx in Europe, not just the UK. Oh, so... Technically, America, you win this one because you founded it, but more countries... I don't think they do because I prefer TK Maxx to TJ Maxx. <laughs> I think we win. Okay. We what win. does it stand for, though? Well, surely TK Maxx doesn't stand for much if they just changed it to not sound like TJ Hughes. Well, I, I'm not I don't think it does. But does TJ Maxx stand for anything? Or is that just someone's initials for their names? Oh, it's, it is. It was founded by TJ Maxx. Was it founded by TJ? It was someone's called TJ Maxx. <laughs> TJ Maxx, I find a very strange <clears throat> shop. Like, <clears throat> Bless me, yeah. sorry. TJ Maxx, I find a very, really strange shop. Like the clothes and stuff, fantastic. And like I saw some like Converse All Star sunglasses in there for really cheap. Sorry. Bless you. 
Oh, oh blimey, bless me. You know what bit I don't understand? And you might not have been to this bit, Will. The makeup bit. Because in normal makeup shops, they have testers. So you can, like, test it, see if you want it. In TK Maxx, they don't have testers. so Because they only have one of each product. <laughs> and people use the actual products and test it. So you go to, like, you look at the makeup <laughs> open like you open an eyeshadow palette and it's got like fingerprints in it that's horrible people yeah. are gross but i've also just looked apparently it's also tk maxx in australia so i think tk maxx wins since it's tk maxx basically everywhere else <laughs> <laughs> no matter what it was originally called yeah tk maxx has overtaken so the next one one from germany the Sun and the Daily Mail. I don't understand them. It's obviously complete trash. How do you guys read them? The Sun has been boycotted by a lot of people after their, I think it was after their coverage of the Hillsborough disaster. Yeah. Because they are very, they're not, they don't really report news with much respect. Any no, respect. Um, and the day, I don't know about the Daily Mail. I think I think a lot of people read it knowing that it's rubbish, but it they come up with such ridiculous things that it's almost entertaining. It is entertaining. Like, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I sit and read newspapers all day every day, but if I was to sit and read newspapers, I'm very aware that the Daily Mail and the Sun is not where I'm going to get the information I'm looking for. Well, the news in general is not really where I'm going to get the accurate information from because yeah. every news outlet has an agenda. Yeah. Because they're, they're funded by someone. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. If I am looking at the news, I look on uh, Graham, um, Manchester Evening News. Generally thought you were going to say the Graham Norton show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say Greater Manchester Evening News, but that's not what it's called. It's just called Manchester Evening News. I get a lot of my news from there as well, or Twitter. Oh, I don't really use Twitter. I'm really bad at Twitter. I love reading people's angry comments on Twitter because everyone on Twitter is very angry about everything that ever happens. Right, what's the next one, Emily? <laughs> the next one is what's up with your drinking culture? This is from America. Honestly, most Brits I've met drank way more than anyone I've ever other met. I don't know how you have the how you all still have functioning livers and how your streets don't flow with vomit. I think the drinking culture has changed a lot over the past few years. Because I mean, a lot of because drinking culture used. To, I mean, the biggest part of it was at uni. I guess with young people, but with older people pubs are massive yeah but like I, I i remember when my brother was at uni which was 10 years before i went to uni um people drank all the time whereas i stopped drinking in first year because <laughs> i just couldn't be bothered it was expensive um it was a lot of effort and i just didn't really enjoy it but i think i don't know why um, 
we have such a heavy drinking culture. I mean, it probably is. I don't I think, know. I think it's because I was talking to my um, one of my uncles about this, about like his generation and drinking culture. It's like, well, when we used to drink at a pub, the pubs would shut at ten, so you'd you'd drink quite a bit and you'd be quite merry, and then you'd go home at ten. But now when the pubs don't shut until 1am, they'll just stay out and carry on drinking and get even more drunk. Yeah. And in terms of university drinking culture, um, my experience, I do have to say, is a little bit different to Will's. I, I do still drink. Emily sometimes comes to these recordings having gone to bed at 5am the day before. <laughs> I'm always fine, though. I've got my... I've got my technique of not getting a hangover to a T now. So, like... I'll be drunk and I will down like two litres of water or whatever. I will literally down water. I will jog on the spot in my room for like 20 minutes because exercise helps the alcohol through. That's Low madness, Emily. See, my, what I was saying about a lot of effort. <laughs> I just don't want a hangover. I want to drink without that hangover. And I remember... It's, it is quite funny, I do have to say, when I'm really, really drunk and trying to jog on the spot in my room, it's quite um, quite interesting. I yeah. think also our, our drinking culture comes from, um, you know, beer is quite popular in the UK and when clean water was harder to come by, mm -hmm. beer was a way of sterilising water. Um mm -hmm whiskey was really big for that reason so that's why um because people drank it as just a drink but also our drinking laws are different to i assume i'm going to assume this person's american because i think yes. drinking culture across europe is fairly similar um i think we are probably one of the most disgraceful <laughs> especially when we go abroad um but our our drinking age is 18 but you can drink on private property from 14 yes and i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think in a pub if you're with your parent or guardian and you have a meal you can drink wine at 16 i think yeah See, in, in Germany, there is it, I think it's Germany, but, oh, is it, or is it Belgium? A place in Europe have a really interesting drinking laws, because I think it's like at 15, you can drink beers and ciders, and then at 17, you can drink wines, and then at 18, you can start drinking spirits. Um, I don't know. I think I'm right, but I very well also could be wrong. So if yeah. you're going to go to Germany and you're under 18, don't listen to me. Don't get yourself in trouble. Um, but yeah, the answer is there are lots of reasons, really. And we don't, we're not, we're not too sure. I think it's just something that's developed over time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next one is, why do British people apologise for everything? Yeah. another one from America. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm that person, especially when I've had a few drinks, back to the other one. If I walk into a wall, I'm like, I'm so sorry. 
I, I think it's another one of those things of manners are such a because class is such a big thing in the UK and manners are kind of part of that. Um, even in lower classes, I just think manners are really highly valued in the UK, and I think some things we did take quite far, and it just kind of became normal. I don't really see it as a problem, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem. I think it's a problem. Um, but yeah, we don't know. We don't know a lot of things, apparently. But I would say it's probably something that stemmed from class. Yeah, most things. Because Britain was built on the class system. Um, the next one, another one from America. I've seen a theme here. America is baffled by this country. Um, what country aren't they baffled by? <laughs> <laughs> They've said, honestly, I just don't understand your guys' measurements. They pee me off. Like liquids, what happened to gallons? And why, like pints and litres and milliliters, I don't understand. And temperature in degrees Celsius instead of degrees Fahrenheit. It starts at zero. Yeah, this that, is, it I, makes sense. The <laughs> measuring system is so much more complicated. Like water boils at 100, nice round even number. Freezing is zero, nice round even number. And then everything in between. Yeah. And like, it just makes sense. And But people still use um, the imperial system. Yeah. Like we kind of have both still. Um like we still use stones and pounds. Yeah. Um and some people still use yards and miles. We well we all wait. Which one's metric? Is miles metric? I miles is the one we use most. It's very confusing cuz we kind of we do use both for a lot of things. But yeah. Metric just makes sense because everything it just starts at zero. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. And it's and like equal me it's broken down into equal measurements, so you don't really ever have to think about it. Yes. You don't have to go and convert a load of things. Yeah, like there are ten there are 10 millimetres in a centimetre. There are 100 centimetres in a metre. Yeah. And a thousand millilitres in a litre, right? I'm not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everything's in miles per hour as well. Like, we do everything in miles. Which I yeah, miles per hour. I don't have any concept of what a mile is. If you listened to our general knowledge quiz, there was a round about how far things are in miles, and I honestly still have no clue so how long a mile one is. Of, one of the questions was how many miles is from London to New York, and I believe we both picked the answer that it's actually the distance from London to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I just have no concept of how long, like I can't visualise a mile. I can visualise a metre. Yeah. But not like a mile. That. Yeah. It's, we're both doing that thing where we put our hands up to the size of a metre. Um, 
it just makes sense. That's the reason, because it makes sense as a system. Yeah. Right, what's the next one, Emily? I'm just getting it up now. My phone's had a cheeky little reset. Oh, lovely. We love that. Very useful to us. <laughs> the next one is a bit strange. Battery commercials. I don't get it. Like, Duracell batteries. Why is there a rabbit? Marketing. I couldn't tell you. I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Um, I couldn't tell you. You'd have to ask Duracell. I don't really get what they mean, battery commercials, battery adverts, adverts for batteries. Yeah. I think Duracell are the only battery company that advertise on half TV adverts. I've never seen one for any other batteries. And like, I don't think I've... I think... The first thing I think of when I think of British culture, the thing I do not think of is Duracell adverts. No, I don't really know why Duracell need to advertise because they are the most common battery well, type. Like when you when you go to the shop, I only ever see Duracell batteries and the brand of the shop that I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I could not tell you another brand of batteries. But it's a very entertaining advert, the Duracell bunny. But I don't know why. There is one. It's just for um, fun, really. The next one is David Attenborough. I don't understand him. Why do you all love him so much? <laughs> Controversial opinion. I agree. Because... <laughs> Well, then I'm going to take this one and say because David Attenborough is the best person to have ever existed. He's a national treasure. I won't argue with that. And he knows his stuff. And he's very good at what he does. My problem is that his voice is very soft and it puts me on edge. And I don't know why. I love it. We're actually, I, for one of my projects at university, we have to write a folk song and we're writing it on David Attenborough. Oh, I'm sure he's very lovely. His voice just puts me on edge for some reason. But so does like, you know, those headspace things. I think I've mentioned this before. You know, that headspace advert, it puts me on edge. ASMR puts me on edge. Anything where people are kind of soft spoken, it really puts me on edge. And I don't know why. So, yeah. yeah, he is a national treasure because he has done loads for the environment. He makes all these brilliantly informative documentaries um and i think he was like one of the first to do it like the first to travel yeah. around the world and make these documentaries like going to the galapagos islands which i think was one of his most famous documentaries if i'm right that's like not been done before and like blue planet they named fish on the program because no one have ever seen those fish before exactly that's why people are obsessed with David Attenborough and also because of his voice people are obsessed with him that the power of the BBC behind David Attenborough makes him like a superpower because the BBC's budgets for these nature documentaries are unbelievable they will spend millions on sending David Attenborough's film to the box 
crew to the bottom of the sea. Mm -hmm. So that was a very easy answer, really. He's a national treasure. Because he's brilliant. He's a genius. But his voice is very soft and puts me on edge. (laughs) (laughs) Next one is free healthcare. How is it free? Um, So technically it's not free. Yeah, we pay taxes. So we, we pay tax, like every other person in the world pays tax. But our taxes go towards a nationalised health service. Um, and it started it after the war as a reward for the war effort at home. Um, and it's just kind of grown from... Well, it's not really grown from that. It's kind of reduced over the years because of things becoming more expensive. So, like, dental care was yeah in the nhs and it still is to an extent but it's it's very reduced so in terms of dental care if you're under 18 it is completely free so like yeah like your parents taxes or whatever and And if you're over 18 you can you can be an nhs dental patient yes but a lot of people are private and you do still have to pay for an NHS dentist. Yeah. But um, the things are like capped at a certain price. So if you went private, like having bridges or something, might cost you a thousand pounds. But if you go for the NHS, it will cost you like three hundred. Yeah. Well, bridges on the NHS are free. I'm pretty sure. I mean, mine was. Um, but I started my treatment when I was sixteen. But um. So anything that's not free is subsidised. So prescriptions are all the same price. I think they're all eight pounds, are they? Eight pounds, yeah. And you only um, pay once, like for the prescription. If you get a repeat prescription, you only pay it once. But um, yeah, so it's not it's 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 not technically free, but it's free at point of access. Yes, and like it's we, the people who can't afford to pay taxes. You still get their healthcare, which is why yeah, it's free for everyone. Yeah, I think it's one of the best things about Britain. Absolutely, it's it's. I mean, it, does it have its problems? Yes, millions. But I would, I would take that over what other countries have any day. In like America, it's something like five hundred dollars to call an ambulance. Like That's what? insane. Imagine being like in a bracket where you don't have five hundred dollars in your bank account and you've like just chopped your arm off. What are you gonna do? I I saw a TikTok of a woman who said that she paid like ten grand to give birth to her child. <laughs> mental to me. Know how much it costs to give birth to a child in the UK? Nothing. I mean, obviously you've got the cost of the child's clothes and things, but. To deliver a child in a hospital in the UK is free. Yeah. Crazy. If that child has complications and has to have an operation, it's free. Yeah. Uh, If you have to have a C-section, free. Everything. Most, like 90% of it's free at point of access. Pretty much dental that you have to pay, pay a subsidized price for and non-essential. And opticians. 
Oh, yeah. Are optations on the NHS? Um, they were when the NHS started. I don't think they are anymore. That is Specsavers part of the NHS. <laughs> no, but you can get NHS glasses, so there must be some yeah. opticians thing in the, the NHS. Um. But yeah, it's taxes. We yeah. put our taxes towards the NHS. Well, we don't, the government does. Although they should put more towards <laughs> it than raising their own salaries. But that's a completely different topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is Doctor Who. I will never understand. I'm Doctor sorry, Who. what? Doctor Who, I will never understand. Um, that Doctor is fantastic. It, Doctor Who is a national treasure and he's not even real. The Doctor is the national treasure and he's fictional. Um, Doctor Who has been going since 1963. It took a break from, I think it was 19, is it 1989 to 2005? Um, around then. Um, it came back in 2005 with Christopher Eccleston as the ninth Doctor. And yeah. every person that's played the Doctor has played them brilliantly. Yes. Hmm. Mostly. Um, opinion on the new series. And it, it also, the writing does have an impact on it because, I mean, the ninth, I think it was 1989 when the Doctor Who film came out. Yeah. Um, that was the eighth doctor played by Paul McGann, who I didn't think did a terrible job. I think the problem was it was a film. And Doctor Who isn't a film. And it was also set in America. It was very American. And while that works for American shows, it doesn't really work for Doctor Who because Doctor Who is so British. Well, I feel the same about Harry Potter, like when Fantastic Beasts was set in New York. I thought it changed the whole world of Harry Potter. I agree, but I think that was fine because that was the point. Yeah, I guess. But it's like when Torchwood went to America for season three. It just became too... Like it, it lost the essence of what it was. Yeah, because it's just a very, very British. Yeah. Television. It's like a staple of, of British television. And like, I feel like each generation has the doctor that they grew up with. Like I'd say for our generation, it's probably David Tennant or Matt Smith. Yeah. But my favourite, I think, is Christopher Eccleston. See, it's hard. I think. My favourite combination, we've, we've literally got a whole episode out about Doctor Who, um, but my favourite combo I think has to be David Tennant and Catherine Tate. Oh my god, Catherine Tate, talk about national treasure. Oh yeah, Catherine Tate is fast. I think we need to do an episode dedicated to national treasures. Yeah. Um, there are so many, but yeah, Doctor Who, I don't really get why you don't get it, it's a science fiction show, it's probably the best science fiction show 
that has been made controversial I know because there's like Star Trek but Doctor Who just is so good yeah it started off as an educational program that was the point of it in the beginning and then it became um I mean it was always fictional but it was trying to teach children history and science and things um now it's not not educational well it's not not educational but that's not the point it's trying to make i've learned many a thing from doctor who (laughs) um because historical accuracy is still important to them i think but it's an institution that's that's why it's important and i don't care that you don't get it go watch something else Right, Emily. Um, Next. It says effing pancake day. What is effing pancake day? As an American, don't get it. It's so. So England is a Christian country. Um. But so is America. No, not in the same way. So we're. So America is. Yes, the the first colonizers were Puritans. Yeah, but also I guess America's so big. But it, the difference is that they have separation of church and state, which I think we we also do. But our laws for a very long time were based in. Christianity um we're an older country as well yeah I mean a a lot of Europe is their legislation is led by the religion of that country and the same with a lot of Asian countries because the 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 dominant society the dominant culture culture was religion um and Shrove Tuesday basically is the beginning of Lent. So you basically just eat everything you have in your house in days gone by. Um so that you're not eating it for Lent yes. during Lent. But we have pancake day now and we just stuff our face with pancakes. Well <laughs> <laughs> to make pancakes, they call them like stock ingredients. So you get rid of the stock ingredients, but yeah. pancakes. You eat all of those stock ingredients as pancakes and then you give them all up for Lent. But um, it's sort of uh, like a lot of traditions. It's still religious-based, like Christmas, but uh, pretty much everyone does it, religious. Yeah. Like, most people will do pancake day whether they're giving something up for Lent or not. Yeah, whether they're Christian or not as well. Like Christmas. Whilst Christmas is a Christian festival, a lot of non-religious people and people of other religions celebrate Christmas at least in the UK yeah um Um, yeah next one is the queen queen? someone doesn't understand the queen the queen a lot of people don't understand the queen so the queen's our head of state yes um like the president of America is the head of state the difference is the Queen doesn't have any 
she doesn't technically have any powers over anything she she does in um so what she can do she can declare wars she can stop laws being passed and she's the one who has to swear in the new government every time we have an election but because of precedents she can't declare wars (laughs) that has to go through government because of president historical president she would never um not pass a law and she would never refuse to swear in a government so she doesn't really have any powers she is there is um a figurehead she it's a traditional role passed down through families and basically she spends her life visiting people visiting countries she does a lot for foreign relations um the royal family brings in a lot of money for tourism um and yes they cost the taxpayer a lot but they also bring in a lot and they are part of british culture and british tradition we've had a royal family since england became a country yeah um and you know when England conquered Wales, conquered Ireland, and um, Scotland, and joined the Union. Um, we've had a royal family. Yeah, because yeah. Scotland had its own separate monarchy, um, which technically became our monarchy because there, King James the... Was it King James the Fifth? Well, this is, this is your domain, not mine. You know a lot about monarchy. Mary, the Queen of Scots' son, James, um, was the successor to Elizabeth I. So he was first the King of Scotland and then became the King of England and united the two countries. Um, he sort of took over Wales and just took their monarchy away. Yeah, for a long time, Wales wasn't technically a country. Wales was a principality. It is a country now. Yes. And I would argue it always was a country. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. But like we did with a lot of places, we, we conquered them because we felt like it, apparently. <laughs> it is very much like England, because England got conquered a lot at the beginning of when it was forming into a country, it got conquered a lot. It got conquered by the French, the Vikings, the Saxons. Um, the Greek, the Romans. I don't think the Greeks. Oh, I thought, we, I thought we were part of the Greek Empire. I don't think we were, no. We were part of the Roman Empire. Yeah. Um, and basically, we just then went, right, well, if everyone's doing it to us, we're going to do it better. And, yeah, we were better. <laughs> We were, but we we certainly were good at conquering places. Stalinism, the sun never sets on the British Empire. It did, thank goodness. Well, yeah, it does now. Thank we we are not supporters of the British Empire. Just no, just as a as a. We are both in the position where we like the royal family. I like the Queen. Yes, I'll say it. Um. Which is sometimes quite a controversial opinion. Yeah, a lot of people don't like the Queen because they think 
you know, she has this title because she was born into it, which she does. But um, it just brings in so much for tourism. And I just, yeah. And also, the queen we currently have wasn't actually born to be the queen. She, her uncle was the king and he abdicated, which put her in line of succession. But if he'd have had a child and not abdicated, she wouldn't have been the queen. She wouldn't have been the queen. Yes. Um, but yes. So one more, Emily. One. We have time for one more. You're saying as well, our queen is 95 years old. She is very old, bless her. But she only looks about 80. To be fair, yeah, she looks wonderful. She does. Um, the last one is Cockney rhyming slang. God damn ridiculous. Oh my god. Well, we're hardly the ones to talk about Cockney rhyming slang. Cockney rhyming slang is from London. We are from Greater Manchester, which is at the other end of the country. Um, so I can't really talk much about Cockney rhyming slang. I like it. I like it. Um, Apples and pears up the stairs. Things have to rhyme. It doesn't always make sense. Quite often it's easier to just say the actual word yeah. than the Cockney rhyming slang. Yeah, the Cockney rhyming slang is usually longer than the actual word. Like apples and pears means stairs. But, um, yeah, it. I think some of it came from crime. <laughs> so that police couldn't figure out what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, but I might be wrong. It is another thing of class. Like it, it originated in very poor areas of London. Yeah, and like every part of the UK is very different slang. Like we have completely different slang to Cockney rhyming slang. Yeah. Um, so where we're from, people say things like um, put wood in thole, which just yes. means shut the door. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, turn the lights off. It's like Blackpool Illuminations. Yeah. Like, it's just slang's a massive part of the UK and it's very different in different places. Yeah. And even like one town over, the slang's completely different. But I yeah. think with kind of the growth of media and kind of the world shrinking because of um, digital technology, um, it's become more universal and less kind of regionalised. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. So those were some assumptions about Britain. We couldn't answer most of them. <laughs> I talked a load of rubbish. Um, so, what's, so that was another episode of our podcast. And next week, we will be uh, answering some questions and talking about stories from some shows that we have been in. Yes. Exciting. Very exciting. Same shows when we were at school. We've been in many of the same shows, but we've also been in many different shows to each other. I mean, I've been in about five productions of The Midsummer Night's Dream, whereas Emily's only been in about three. <laughs> right, but we will we will natter on about nothing next time. We'll see you later.
Bye.